Thanks, Silver. Good morning, Exchange Church. How we doing? Thank you, thank you. That worship was awesome. Can we, can we just give some love to the worship team? I don't know where they went, but they were awesome. You know, some, something um, oftentimes shifts in the course of worship. Like you came in one way, and then when the musicians start to play, it's like God's spirit begins to work in, in a different way. And uh, I don't know about you, but that happened for me, uh, uh, especially uh, during that set. And so um, super thankful for them. And I'm glad to be here uh, with you guys. And uh, like Silver said, uh, with the Av Church, and uh, we've uh, gotten to be a part of your history uh, I'm on uh, the board here for the Exchange Church and uh, just getting to see um, this church grow and uh, mature and really be um, a, a shining light for Christ in this area has been awesome. And you guys are just radically gifted uh, with an um, amazing leadership team and uh, especially in uh, Josiah. And so uh, oftentimes he's in this space, so there's nobody to encourage Josiah because he's always encouraging you guys. But when he gets back, please make sure um, you encourage him and let him know that uh, you just really appreciate his leadership because he is, he's just an awesome shepherd and, uh, and a mighty man of God. And so it's, it's a joy to call him my friend. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Father, thank you for this opportunity um, to be here in your presence, gathered and expectant for you to meet us. And we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of Jesus, all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. So what's your battle? What is your battle? I'm not um, like a negative person per se, uh, but, but this is a reality, right? We're either in a battle right now, we either come from a battle and are in a little bit of recovery mode or we're heading into a battle. That's just the way it is in a broken and sinful world. Like until Jesus comes back or, or we, we go to be with him, that's just going to kind of be our reality. And so um, understanding that battles are a normal and natural part of the Christian life and actually having a battle plan is a really important deal. I came across um, a quote this week by uh, John Stott that I think is the reason why I'm here. The Christian's chief occupational hazards are depression and discouragement. Either one of those lands on you and takes root in your heart and your mind, and you're in trouble. You're in trouble. It's our job as followers of Christ to make sure that we battle well against those two things. And I think God has me here for a, a word of encouragement to maybe just one of you. I don't know who it is. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know what's going on in your life. But, but I think I'm here uh, as a word of encouragement uh, to you. So hopefully the Holy Spirit will allow you um, to receive that. So uh, you, you have an outline uh, that uh, it may be helpful for you. It might not be. Listen, I taught seventh graders for like 10 years. So if you want to make that into a paper airplane, my feelings are not going to be hurt. If that gets wadded up and like tossed around, that's cool too. If you want to fill out some blanks, which we're going to be following along today, and they help you to remember, and maybe that helps to speak into you this week, then that's cool too. So you use it however uh, you want, but uh, hopefully that'll, that'll be helpful uh, to you. What's your battle? Like, what's going on? I brought a picture of my battle, if that's, if that's 
cool with you guys. Um, I think you'll probably see it. Uh, it's in the form of uh, uh, two, little, two little kids. If we get that picture up there. Yeah, there they are. There they are. Those are, those are two of my guys. I have four. My wife and I have uh, been married over 26 years. We have four children. We got one in the back, Cole right there. What's up, Cole? Thanks for coming down here. Uh, we got another one, Caroline, up at uh, college. And then we got these two little guys. And, you know, God told us to start over. And he, sa- he specifically said, we want you to foster and then adopt out of foster care. And, and so it was like, bam, we did. Boom. And that happened. And so we, uh, we got to meet... Um, uh, uh, Cora, who's on the right, she's six, and Cade, who's on the left, my, well, at least my left, uh, he's seven, uh, almost from birth, fostered them and adopted them, and um, I thought it would be helpful maybe for you to see a picture of my battle, uh, specifically uh, our battle in my, in, in my family, and in, in the one that I want to maybe help, um, help bring the scriptures to life with today, it's Cade, Cade, and um, he is awesome. We just have such a heart for Cade, but um, Cade is uh, one of our children uh, who comes from trauma, and coming from trauma, uh, it drastically affects um, what, what life looks like, and for us, um, we have been in, in a pretty radical life upending battle in order to figure out um, how to win his heart and, and how to see him flourish uh, as as a young man, and so uh, that that's been our battle. It's been beautiful. It's been messy. And it's ongoing, and um, so this this word will probably be a word for me, as as it's a word uh, for you as well. What is your battle? We're in Joshua chapter six, and um, the the people of God they had a battle. They had a battle. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the story of God and how he's been working through a group of people, that's awesome. And, you, and you're in a place where you're going to hear about it today. You're so welcome here. I know that. Um, so basically, uh, the, the history of how God has been working with people is it started with Adam and Eve, and then and it went beyond that to Abraham. And, and then God began doing this awesome work in, in a people that he separated out from the other nations, but to be a blessing to those nations. So in the, in the course of history, those people ended up being enslaved by the Egyptians. It was a super hard time for them, about 400 years of slavery until God rose up a leader named Moses to help break them out of that slavery. Moses leads them through the Red Sea through the desert into a place now where they're about to inherit a promise that God told his people they would have it. God, God made a couple of promises. The, the main one was that you're going to be a blessing to, to all the nations. But, but in that, those promises, one of those was you're going to have some land. And now God's people are about to receive one of the promises. They're on the edge of receiving this, this land, this promised land, and it's called um, Canaan. Well, the, the people that God had rescued from slavery, they're actually not going to receive the promise. They're, they've, they've been in rebellion and disbelief and things like that. They've, they made it through the desert, but it's the next generation that's actually going to receive uh, God's promise. And God raises up a new leader. His name's Joshua. And now Joshua and, the, and this new generation of God's people that are about to receive God's promise, they're on the other side of another body of water called the Jordan. And on the other side of the Jordan is a city called Jericho. Jericho is the first stop in God's people 
receiving uh, their promise. And this is, this is Joshua 6, okay? And so that obviously means that there's been other um, activities before this, this chapter here, and, and there's been preparation that God has been doing uh, with his people. He's been getting them ready to actually receive a promise. Isn't that, isn't that cool how God works? That like um, he, he oftentimes will, will get you ready to receive a promise before you receive it. Isn't that what we do with our children? But before we want to give them something amazing, we want to make sure that they're going to be ready for it, that they're going to be able to steward it well, that their hearts and heads are ready. And, and, and so this is, this is a place where God has been getting his people ready before they receive the promise. But here's the deal. They're going to have to participate in receiving the promise. They can't just stay on this side of, of the Jordan River and hope for the promise, think about the promise, or pray for the promise. They're actually going to have to take steps out and away from all that they know. They've known slavery and the desert. And God's like, I got something better for you, but you're going to have to join me. You're going to have to walk with me toward it, or else it's going to go to the next generation who'll do that. So that's where we are. We come to Joshua 6, right? And so Joshua's got these people, and, and there, there's this city, Jericho, and it's, it's, it's all walled up, like literally. Now, from my understanding, looked and, and, and uh, leaned on commentator David Guzik for, for much of this information here about the city and some specifics, so give him credit. There was potentially two walls. There was like a lower wall and then an upper wall, both like... In, together, insurmountable, around this city of Jericho. And Jericho was a really strategic city because if Jericho fell, then the rest of the land would fall. All right? So this isn't just some kind of random city. Jericho is like symbolic of all of the land being given to them. Last talk about Jericho, then we're going to go to the text. There were about six to 9,000 people that lived in Jericho. So think about how big of an area it would take to house six to 9,000 people. Just kind of get that in your head. It's not like kind of just uh, like this, this elementary school. Six to 9,000 people in an area. That's going to be important when you find out what they're supposed to do in order to inherit this promise, okay? All right, cool. Let's go to the text. Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Here we go. Now Jericho uh, was, was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. So they knew they were coming. They had heard about that. If you go back to Joshua 2, I think it is, you'll meet Rahab, and Rahab was this person who was like, I, she's, she didn't get much about what was going on with God's people. She just knew that something was going on that was melting their hearts with fear. Like, I don't know. I don't understand the whole God thing, but it, there, there's something to the God thing. And, and so they knew that something was coming. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see. Can we say see? See, see. The first part of Joshua's battle plan is that he has some vision he's never had before. You see, God doesn't tell Joshua to take the city. He doesn't tell Joshua 
to, you know, gladiator style, line up in this format, and, you know, you're going to go out there, and, and you're going you're gonna... to... He doesn't give him any of that. The very first thing that, that God tells Joshua to do is to have some vision of something that's there that's not there yet. He has to be able to see a reality that hasn't become a reality yet. See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. All right? So along with the obstacle, you see, because this is all about what does it look like to, to lead well in the midst of your battle. And if we're going to lead well in the midst of our battle, part of our paddle plan has to be that we're going we're to have some vision and an ability to see what's not there yet. And so part of Joshua's opposition is that this isn't only a city that is strategically there, built up by walls, but it has mighty men of valor. This isn't just Joshua leading well out of some like lead, leadership principles. This is Joshua leading in the storm. This is Joshua leading when somebody wants to kill him. Opposition. That's his, that's his battle. You shall march. Somebody say march. Around the city. All the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. That's super weird, guys. Like, like I, I heard this, I don't know, I forget where I heard this quote this, this week, but it was like, let's keep Christianity weird. Like, it's so, we're, we're kind of a, like a weird, odd people, you know? Like, we believe in a God that is unseen. We believe in a Jewish carpenter that got up from the dead, walked on the water. Let's not try to like round off the edges of who we are. And so this is a weird command. It's weird in the sense that like the world shouldn't understand this. It's, it's not a normal military command. Go and march around your enemy just once. I don't want you to shoot anything. I don't want you to say anything. That's... I mean, what if, what, it's just kind of odd. It's a very unique command that God would give his people. As a matter of fact, it puts his people in a really odd and vulnerable space, does it not? I'm, all right, here's what I want you to do. I, I just want you to, now, now, mind you, you know I'm coming to kill you, and you're going to have to defend your families. Just gonna walk. Bunch of us. This is weird right now, right? Why is he doing that? Well, don't you think that's what God's people said? Why are we doing this? This seems so odd. What what if this goes bad? Like I'm super vulnerable right now. I don't even know if the mic's gonna work back here. I'm seeing the backs of your heads. You don't know, should I turn around? Should I look for It's just awkward. That's the that's second part of the battle plan. Is that, is that the people of God would be willing to put themselves in this like awkward, vulnerable position. 
it's almost like it's almost like this, ready guys? If if Jericho falls, it's gonna have to be of the Lord. It's almost like that. Right? It's almost like God set it up to where there's no way that Joshua and the people can get the credit because they've been asked to do some great, it, it gets, wait, stay with me, watch. It just, it gets worse. Listen to this. All right, keep reading with me. Thus um, shall you do for six days, uh, verse four, seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns uh, before the ark. Let me say ark. Now, what, what this is important for us to understand is that central in these battle plans is the presence of God. The presence of God, which was um, in the Old Testament found to be in the ark, the tabernacle, and then the temple. The, the presence of God was going to be central in this victory. So much so that the ark, although it was heavy and cumbersome, and there, were, there was no like weapons that they could like draw, there wasn't like hidden weapons in there, was going to be marched around the city. Make no mistake about it, this was like a God thing. Very central in this, in this battle plan. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. Somebody say seven. Seven times. All right. So I told you it's it going to get even, even, even crazier, right? So not only... Are they going to do this for six days once? But then on the seventh day, when they're getting really close to, to what victory is going to be, there is going to be a higher demand of perseverance and dependence upon the Lord. They're going to go around the thing seven times. Not this elementary school, but a place where six to 9,000 people lived. Like literal perseverance. I'm not just talking about like, oh, we can do it like in our heads. Like, oh my goodness, I'm exhausted. Right before God gives the victory, right before the breakthrough, there's going to be a higher level of perseverance and dependence upon the Lord before this thing breaks through. Verse 5. Oh, well, and, and the priest shall blow the trumpets, okay? It's, it's, it's staying weird. And when they make a long blast, the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then, somebody say then. All right, so something's changing now. So they've been walking around in perseverance, independence. They've been trusting God, even though it doesn't make total sense. But something now is changing. They weren't supposed to talk. There was no, like, smack talk in the first six days. There weren't, like, you know, you know none of that. This wasn't, like, you know, any kind of professional sport where there's, like, banter back and forth. You know, like, wait till day seven. Like, none of that. This is, like, walking. But then something changes. There, there is a dramatic change in the environment. Well, what's supposed to happen? All the people shall shout with a great Shout. Somebody say great. So, so they move from silent perseverance to like this, this act of great faith. I mean, again, 
They, they haven't seen any advancement. Nothing has changed. The walls are still insurmountable. And at this point, they're, the, they're supposed to give this great shout. Like a, like a shout from the belly. Anybody feel like shouting this morning? You're like, don't make me shout. Don't, don't, don't do that. You see, because if I were to make you shout, it would probably be like, ah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't usually shout around people. Can I get a, can, how about, how about I do this? What if I gave you a phrase? Let's, let me say, let's go. All right, see, right there, right there? That's unfortunately how we live sometimes. We got two or three people believing. And the rest of us are waiting for the rest of us to start getting on, on board. And, and I don't know. I don't know if I should shout. That's, that's weird. The whole thing, like, it's a, I don't understand. I just kind of want to stay where I am. Somebody say, let's go. Let's go. I'm getting better. I told you while I was here, right? You see, because this isn't just a shout. This is a great shout. It's like a shout from the belly. Nothing's happened yet. The walls have not started to crumble. As a matter of fact, this is, watch, this is really, this is really important. This is not a shout for victory so that the walls will crumble because of the volume of the shout. This is a shout from victory. Because the people already have seen what God's going to do. They're not working for the victory. They're living from the victory. Somebody needs that besides me. (laughs) And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up. Everyone straight. Somebody say straight straight before him. Not looking to the left, not looking to the right, straight before him. Like, the, the wall's going to crumble down, and it's going to crumble in a certain way before me, and it's going to crumble in a certain way uh, before you, and, and I'm a certain type of warrior, and you're a certain type of warrior. We're together, but my responsibility is to take ownership of where the wall went down straight in front of me. You got to hold it down over there. You got to hold it down over there. And I got to hold it down right here. And if we all hold it down just right in front of us, and we're not worried about how much you're advancing, we're not worried about the fact that, oh, I, you know, I, that looks like if I were to be coming in the wall over there, there's like, more, there's like more glory over there, or that's a higher profile, or that's closer to Joshua. No, 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 no. I got to go straight if this thing's going to work. Straight. All right, so this is, this is if, if you want to like know just kind of the whole theme of, of the book of Joshua, it's summed up in two words, I think, and they follow next. And, and here they are, so Joshua. So he just did what God told him to do. Crazy, weird. He didn't know. He didn't have experience in it. So Joshua, he carried out these plans. He went and told the people. And if you're familiar with the story, you can read it as homework this week. The walls did come down and the people went straight up and the people inherited the land. Well, let's get back a little bit to your battle. What about, what about you guys? See. 
see. So there's, there's some space there in your outline for you to maybe take some notes under each of these as it pertains to kind of what's going on in your life. Maybe now, maybe later, maybe it just goes up on the fridge and God speaks to you in a couple days. See. Oh, what do you think God is inviting you to see right now as it pertains to what you brought in here this morning? Whatever it is that qualified as your, as your battle. You see, this is where um, this is where we're, we're going to ask you to, to, the follow-up question is this. Like, are you willing to see things that are not there yet? Are you willing to have um, what, what we could call as a holy imagination? I think we're all pretty good at being realists. Like, we know our walls. We know what they look like. We've been telling our accountability group what they feel like for years. We got it. But what about what's beyond the walls? Do we ever spend time thinking about, like, what breakthrough looks like? What my marriage looks like two years from now when God actually intervenes and brings the breakthrough that we've been praying for? What it looks like for me to, to actually experience contentedness in my singleness, even though I may have desires to be married? What my mental health situation looks like. Listen, this isn't, this isn't name it and claim it. Like if you can see it, you can receive it. Wrong. Okay. Wrong. This is in the community of God's people under the authority of God's word, being willing to ask God to help you see some things that you've maybe never seen before. Listen, Joshua didn't make this up. God told him, I've given you the city. This wasn't Joshua being like, oh, I see that we're going to win six cities. No, Joshua was true to the word of God. He just was willing to see the promises of God before they became a reality. So what are the promises of God as it pertains to what you are walking through right now? For me, I need help to see this. Because when we, when we circle back to my man Cade, what I can see is anger and frustration, and a parenting style that has been effective with three kids, but not one. I can see my own family of origin and the way that I've always done things not working. I can see, um, like, wow, what does this look like in a 16-year-old version? Like, like I, I can see that you know what, it's one thing to want to do foster care and, and like stand in the gap and help the, help the vulnerable. It's another thing when you actually open your door to it and you're like, man, it sounded better than it feels right now. So I'm, I'm really aware of my walls when it comes to my battle. Here's the deal. I have a best friend named Dan Myers. He's one of the pastors at Spanish River Church, which, helped, which, which planted us. And we sit every week on Wednesday from 1.30 to 3. Can't have me. Doesn't matter what's going on. Unless one of these guys goes, goes down, the four that I showed you. Because I need that time. And in that time, my mentor my, and my best friend speaks a word into me. And he's done it on more than one occasion. And he looks at me and he's like, your son, who's basically like, it feels like he's, he's, he's sapping your life. It feels like, like you're losing. I want you to know something. He has a lion's heart. 
he has, there's a lion's heart that lives in that boy. And I know it, and I've seen it in other boys. And like, and like what you need to do is basically not crush it, but join God in redeeming it. Because walls are going to fall. I needed help and need help in my battle to continue to see that because I'm much more attracted to telling you how big my walls are than what breakthrough might look like. What do you think God's inviting you to maybe see? Uh, You shall march. All right. Well, how do you think God is potentially inviting you to prepare. Remember, um, there was a lot of marching that happened before walls came down, right? Like a whole week of it. And then, um, and then as a matter of fact, right before the breakthrough, there was a much higher degree of perseverance and dependence needed. So imagine if you're an Israelite. And you've been marching around this thing for six days, and you get told on the seventh day, now you're going to go around it seven times. Some of us might have been willing to tap out and be like, that's crazy. Nothing's happened. There's no way I'm giving a greater degree of myself without at least some sort of evidence that God's at work. Discouragement. Depression two greatest occupational hazards of the Christian. I know how this feels. Like on a personal level. Like, not just because I have an outside battle with Cade, but because I have an inside battle with mental health and anxiety. And, and, and just trying to stay present in the waves of anxiousness coming and going, and then sometimes the waves just staying and sticking. And me being asked... Like, will you go seven times this time? Or are you good for one? How do you think God might be um, asking you to diligently prepare without experiencing victory? What do you think that maybe looks like for you? Maybe it's a commitment to the spiritual disciplines. You ever read the Bible and it's like, the Lord is alive, and you walk out and you're like, man, this is, I'm on fire. It's like all your, all your emojis that day are fire emojis. It doesn't matter. How you doing? Triple fire. Boom, boom, boom. How was work today? Fire. Boom. You know, mom calls. You, you answer the phone. You pick up. You talk to, you hang it up, and you're like, fire praying hands. It's just all fire. All day. And then, you know, you get into your battle, and you're marching, you're diligent, because you know, to march is, is just kind of boring. And monotonous. You know that, right? It's like I'm marching. I'm not even talking. I'm just marching. It's, it's like, um, I think Eugene Peterson talks about it. It's, it's like ob- obedience in the same direction for a long time. And I wonder maybe in the midst of your battle, what is God asking you to do in preparation before the breakthrough, especially as it pertains to obedience and, and, and diligence. In our house, um, we, we, we call this uh, grinding in the dark. 
So we're, athletics is a big thing for us. You know, daughter's playing college volleyball. Our son's trying to do something special with baseball. Little man, little kid, they're just, they're just starting out their journeys. But one of the, the biggest values in our house is are you willing to grind in the dark? Are you willing to work out when no one's there? Are you willing to sprint when coach is not showing up? Are you willing to be great when there's no one there to applaud your efforts and your greatness? Like, are, are you willing to grind in the dark? We have a little home gym in our house, and I'll walk in, I'll see my daughter or son working out there, and I'll be like, way to go, man. Like, that's how you get special. Not when all the scouts are there. Not when everybody's checking your time. No, 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 no. Anybody can be special. This is special on the inside. Because you were willing to grind in the dark. I wonder how God may be asking you to grind in, in the dark. And in the midst of all that marching, are we keeping God central? Where's the centrality of Jesus in the midst of this? Then all the people shall shout. All right. This is awesome, right? Okay, so is God maybe inviting you to shout um, with, with a great shout? And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the Israelites. And it was like, um, you know, this, this, at, at this moment in the battle, this was asking the Israelites to take even a greater degree of, of a faith step. Because not only were they marching, not only were they now in, per, in persistent marching, going around the city seven times, but now they, they were like making a statement, like, we won before the battle even started. Imagine that, to shout with a great shout. I'm not, this isn't smack talk. This isn't like two UFC fighters coming out and like looking at each other. This is like a roar in the face of the opponent, not for the victory, but because they're so confident they have the victory. You see, but, but there's, a, there's a specific time, watch this, there's a specific time where God says, I need you to, I, I want an increase of faith. I want you to now take the next step and you're going to shout. You're going to declare something. It's going to come from in here. I wonder in the midst of your battle, if, if God is, is asking you, it, he might, listen, he might not be. Because in the passage, we all said the word then. It might not be your then yet. I don't know. But it might be a time where you, you need to start walking by faith in some of the things that you know are true about your identity in Christ before you feel those same things. You're a child of God. You're made clean by the blood of Christ. We have blessed assurance. There is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are in your march. Those things are true. And maybe the, the kindness of the Holy Spirit is simply inviting you to step into those in a greater degree than you ever have before. Check this out. Like without changing the situation. 
I love this part because it's, um, it's like God saying, I want you to shout from victory, not for victory. Doesn't that sound a lot like the gospel? Like, in the gospel, when somebody understands that, like, I'm a sinner, like, I got, I'm messed up, and God is going to mess me up because he's holy and righteous. Otherwise, he's not God, and I'll just move on. I don't want to serve a God who wouldn't mess me up. I don't want to serve a God who'd be unjust. I could just get behind any other world leader. But this is a God who's going to hold me accountable. He's going to separate himself for eternity from me. But in his love for me, he went to battle. And he sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, check this out, and got messed up on my place. He went to a cross, and he fought the battle that I would always lose against my sin and my death. And he got crushed for my lustfulness, my selfishness, my wishing at times that I maybe, I don't know if this is the right battle for me in my home. He got crushed for all the ways that I choose other joys and delights besides God. All the crimes I've committed against the holy and righteous God. Jesus absorbs that and loses my battle. He gets, he dies. And then on the third day, just just when we thought losing was losing, we learn that in the gospel, losing is winning. That's why we have a different gospel ethic. And we understand that the more we're willing to lose, the more we can win because that's exactly how Jesus overcame your sin and your death. And then he, and then he responds to us by saying, listen, any and all of you can come, but you have to come as you are. Don't get cleaned up. Don't get better. Just get desperate. Quit on all your lesser hopes and trust me as Savior. Let me be Lord by faith. I'm going to win this battle. When a person comes to faith just as they are, all nasty and just like edges still, then they start living from the victory they already have, not for a victory that they'll never get. And when you start living from victory in the midst of your difficult, crazy marriage, when you start living from victory as you're trying to reach a child who's on the run, when you start living from victory in the midst of your pornography addiction, when you start living from victory in the midst of your obsession with bigger and better and shinier, That changes things. It doesn't always change the situation immediately, but it changes you, and then you go out and change the world. Victory or not, in what you think was so important. And the people shall go up. All right. Or maybe, maybe God's inviting you to, to go up, like straight before you. I, I mean, are, are, are you willing? Are, are you willing to like just go up straight before you and receive some of the things and victories that God has been giving you in your particular pursuit? And so what that would mean is, is that you, you would have to give up 
wanting the victories of other people. You'd have to give up the pursuit and, and the breakthroughs that God has given other people and ask God for a spirit of gratitude for them and focus for you because that's not your story. Are, are you willing to let other people have their own story and let God's glory be awesome in their story while you receive the victories, although they may be small, and go straight up? I get around other children sometimes, and I'm like, I, I just, you know, I don't want to swap because I know they're crazy too, but they, their crazy seems a little less crazy than my crazy. And I don't want to go straight up. I see parents that are my age sending their kids to college and wondering what they're going to do with their free time. You know, I, I like Netflix too. <laughs> I start looking. I don't necessarily want to go straight up. I don't want to see that the, that the healing chart on my son's heart has been like this. I don't, I don't want that. I, I, I want this. I want up and to the right. I want comfort. I want ease. I want now. And what God has given me is sanctification of my own selfish heart. And I have gotten to see a real child move from death to life both spiritually and in behavior as God has won different areas of his heart. I've gotten to be a part of it. My hands have been on it. I've joined God in that. And I need to be reminded, Casey, my invitation to you, I'm so good here if you just go straight up. Stay with what I'm doing in my time. Well, there's one more here, guys. So, so the Lord was with Joshua. The Lord was with him. This morning I was, um, I was just, you ever been on the struggle bus? Anybody know the struggle bus? Struggle bus? Okay. I'm not, you're not always on it. It, it. Otherwise, it would be like just the struggle house that you lived in. But the struggle bus comes by every now and then and takes you for a ride. And sometimes the ride's like a couple hours. Sometimes it's like a week. Sometimes it's, it's a couple, like it could be a month, could be a year. I don't know. You don't drive the struggle bus, right? I was on the struggle bus this morning, this week. Last two weeks, kind of. And the Lord just prompted me, and I did some meditation on this verse, and it was so good. Um, Psalm... I forget, like 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? I can breathe again. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I am with you. I am with you. I am for you. I am strong. I am the keeper of your life. Your foot shall not be moved. Stay with me. <laughs>
So I'm going to ask the team to come up and we're going to close in prayer and um, they've got one more song. And uh, not because it fits the message and is cliche, but uh, I'm going to ask you to sing this song differently than you sang it a couple moments ago. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to sing this song with like a great shout. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know if that means like louder volume, hands in the air, people on their knees. I don't know what that looks like for you. But it's going to be an opportunity to respond in faith. And however the Lord has been meeting you. Before we do that, I want to just pray for some of you specifically. And um, so here's the invitation, right? Because our God is an invitational God. And it's like he's always inviting us to something. Not condemning, that went out with Jesus, but, but invitational. And, and so I'm, I'm just convinced that there are people here who need specific prayer for like courage. Like this type of courage that we looked at today, this type of battle plan that sees things that are not yet there, that's willing to keep marching. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're on day four and you're like, I can't make day seven. You're awesome, man. Do you know dependence is one of the most beautiful gospel characteristics there is? So you just get all messy dependent today. Maybe you hear God asking you to take a step of faith in a particular direction with that great shout. Do you need help? You're not used to shouting. Maybe you've spent too much time looking around you and you need to get back to where God has you and go straight up. So, so if that's you, I'm just going to ask us all to get into a posture of prayer and if that happens to, to be where you are and, and God's like yeah like identify yourself because I want to meet you this morning then I'm, I'm just going to ask you to, to stand where you are at this time just go ahead and stand up and put your hands in a, in a receiving posture both hands out like you're going to receive something from the Lord right now and it's not me, it's not my voice, it's not my prayer, it's the Holy Spirit that wants to meet you. And I'm praying for you and all of those around you are praying for you. But, but you, you need what Joshua needed, which is the Holy Spirit of God to come and descend upon you and make you strong and courageous for your battle. Now, Father, you see all these hands lifted to you. You see these hearts that are in a position of receiving. You see tired, maybe even at times discouraged people. And Father, I know that you love to meet us in these moments. And you've been waiting for this moment even before the creation of the world. 
So Father, as only you can do, I ask that you would fill each and every one of these people who are standing with the fullness of your Holy Spirit that they might see what they've never seen before, that they would march with a greater degree of obedience and resilience. God, that there would be a joy in their journey they've never had before. God, that you would call them into a greater degree of faith so that they might believe your promises in new and fresh ways. God, would you help them to go straight up and see the breakthrough that you've designed. All this because you are with them and the glory of Christ will be had. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Would you all stand together now? Could we just, could we just thank the people who stood? Could we just like, I don't know if you clap in this church, but let's just clap and say you are welcome and loved and received. Because when people step out in vulnerability, like the Lord rejoices. And now it's time to respond. Maybe like we've never responded before with a great shout. We ready to lead that? All right, I'm gonna get out of the way and 